Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Hi, everyone. It's just Beth from Pantsuit Politics here for a bonus episode that we're calling a Pantsuit Primer. On Tuesday's episode, we're going to be talking about trade. This is something that we've been talking about and preparing for for some time. As we've discussed it, we've heard from a number of you that you don't feel like you know anything about trade at all and would like something that's akin to trade for dummies. And I I felt the same way. I did a lot of research to prepare for Tuesday's episode. And it occurred to Sarah and I that, you know, having a nuanced conversation really requires that everyone shares a baseline of knowledge and information and terminology. So we thought we would spend a really quick tour on uh, just the vocabulary surrounding trade and then some of the considerations that you might want to have in your mind as we talk about trade and as you form an opinion about trade. That said, if you already have an opinion about trade or you're a person who knows a lot about the United States trade agreements, this is not something that you're going to want to listen to. Just hold on until Tuesday and we'll see you there. But if you're looking for a real foundation in the basics of trade, I'm hoping that this will be helpful to you. So I'm not an expert. Um, This is just research that I've done to try to put together something quick that will be hopefully helpful to some of you. I also want to give the disclaimer that 
this is not an opinion episode, but I do have an opinion about trade. And I think that my opinion about trade will probably influence some of the ways that I'm talking about these issues. I'm challenging myself to stay neutral, but I do want to make the disclosure that I have a tendency to believe in free trade, to not want to see government restrictions on trade, and to support the United States entering into trade agreements with other countries. So with that disclaimer out there, we'll get started. What are we talking about when we talk about trade? Well, most of the time we're talking about goods, you know, stuff, things that are made that we exchange with one another. And the the two main transactions in trade are imports and exports. So imports are goods that are brought into a jurisdiction from an external source. The receiving country is receiving the import, the sending country is exporting the good. Most of the time, the United States imports raw materials and exports finished goods. Now, that's a vast oversimplification, but that is how our economy has generally worked. We rely heavily on other countries for inputs to our manufacturing processes, and we tend to export finished goods. We might import iron ore, turn that iron ore into a machine and export the machine. We are hearing a lot from Ivanka's dad right now about a trade deficit. So what does that mean? A trade deficit is a situation where your imports exceed your exports. The value of imports exceed the value of exports. When you have a trade surplus, you're exporting more than you're importing. It is true that the United States has a trade deficit, and we have since 1975. And a trade deficit influences the economy in a bunch of ways that we'll talk about near the end of this podcast. All of trade policy is really about whether, how, and why countries might limit the flow of imports and exports. Countries do this through trade agreements and restrictions on trade. And then they have customs agencies that are responsible for controlling the flow of goods in and out of the country. So major trade restrictions. Some countries impose import quotas on types of goods. So you might say, I want to protect the manufacturers in the United States of tube socks. I'll I'll stay with Jimmy Williams' example from a previous episode. So we say, we want to protect all of our tube sock manufacturers here at home. We're going to put a number, a hard number, on how many tube socks can come into the United States from other countries. So some companies outside of the United States who make tube socks will get licenses to send in a limited number of their tube socks. Once we hit that number, no more tube socks are coming in from outside the country. What this will have the effect of is driving up the prices of tube socks because there's going to be less competition and there are going to be fewer tube socks. And as the supply of something goes down, typically the price is going to go up. Again, I'm talking very simply. Economists will have a lot to quibble with in the way that I'm putting this, but I just want to talk about it in a way that we can kind of wrap our arms around. So we're benefiting the domestic producers of tube socks by limiting their competition and raising their prices. We're also benefiting the license holders because they can probably buy tube socks very inexpensively from Vietnam or China, and then resell them in the United States at that higher price that we're driving because of our limitation on tube socks coming in. So that's an import quota. 
There are also customs duties, and these are just taxes on goods that are being imported, where we say you want to bring something in fine, you're going to have to pay a tax for it. Tariffs are lists of goods with the applicable rates of tax on those goods. So when we talk about tariffs, we're just saying as you bring things into our country, we're going to charge you for bringing them in. And other countries do this as well. So you have to remember that trade never exists in a vacuum. We can talk about what we want to do in the United States all day. We have to remember that that's going to have an impact on the goods that we're exporting as well. So how do we regulate trade? In the United States, our Constitution vests all of the authority to regulate trade in our Congress. That's Article 1, Section 8, if you're a Constitution junkie. Congress has delegated some of that power to the executive branch. There is lots of legislation out there about what Congress has delegated to the president and how the president is accountable to Congress in exercising that power. This is always kind of an ongoing dance between Congress and the executive branch. And it's something to watch. It has a lot of consequence. And one of the big things to watch out for when you hear presidential candidates talking about trade, you have to ask yourself, does the president have the power to do what this candidate is telling me he or she would do as president? And often the answer is going to be no. It's going to require some action from Congress. So that's an important thing to remember. Congress typically flexes its trade regulating muscle through approving and debating and negotiating in in conjunction with the executive branch trade agreements. Trade agreements are just what they sound like. They're agreements that deal with tariffs, import quotas, and other trade restrictions. They also can deal with investments, intellectual property, and a host of other issues that appeal to the corporate, governmental, and non-governmental organization interests that are impacted by trade between nations, between and among nations. So you're going to hear about bilateral trade agreements and multilateral trade agreements. Bilateral agreements involve two interests, so one interest on each side of the agreement. That can be between two countries, could also be a situation where you have a trade block on one side or the other or both sides of the bilateral agreement. A trade block, that's B-L-O-C, if you want to Google it, is an informal group of countries that are aligned in their approach to trade. So we'll talk more about that when we talk about NAFTA in just a moment. Multilateral trade agreements involve more than two sides. And you're going to see more and more multilateral trade agreements as time rolls on. We're kind of moving away from, well, at this particular moment in our history, we're moving away from bilateral agreements and looking more globally with most trade agreements. The framework for negotiating and enforcing trade agreements was established by the World Trade Organization. The WTO was formed in 1995 123 countries signed an agreement, that's the Marrakesh Agreement, if you want to look it up, to establish the WTO. And the vast majority of the world's countries are members of the WTO. So you can find online some maps that show that membership, but it's, it's practically all countries. And it's kind of interesting to look at those countries that are not members and to just think about the impact that trade has, not just on the economies of the member nations, but also the foreign policy of those nations. 
So most trade agreements apply only to the countries and trade blocks signing those agreements, but some extend to all WTO members, and that's really what the WTO wants. So the WTO is looking at regional trade agreements and realizing how difficult it is to isolate the impact of those agreements. So it's really advocating now for global trade agreements. The WTO is the place that deals with cheating in terms of trade. And so we hear a lot about this on the presidential trail as well. I want to talk about a couple of ways that cheating happens and what the WTO does when cheating is going on. So one form of cheating in trade is called dumping. Dumping occurs when a country exports goods at prices that are below the market prices for those goods. And sometimes countries will export those goods at prices that are even below the cost of production of those goods. So let's go back to tube socks. Let's say that I am a Vietnamese manufacturer of tube socks, and I just don't want any more competition from tube sock manufacturers in the United States. So I'm going to start shipping tube socks over to the United States, and I don't even care about breaking even on those tube socks. It's worth it to me to sell them so inexpensively that no rational consumer is going to purchase tube socks from an American manufacturer. So that's dumping. And sometimes countries will take anti-dumping measures to prevent that from occurring. The other form of trade cheating that is getting a lot of, ten- of attention right now is currency manipulation. So when we talk about currency, we're talking about the, the prevailing form of value exchanged in a country. In the United States, it's the dollar. And countries can manipulate the value of their own currency by governments buying or selling that currency in order to move the value away from its equilibrium. This basically acts as a subsidy. Export subsidies exist directly when foreign governments um, incentivize through dollars their manufacturers to export more goods. And some people consider export subsidies cheating in trade because You are not only, as an American manufacturer, now you're not only competing with a foreign manufacturer, but you're also competing, in a sense, with a foreign government. So there's concern about that. You should also know, because I think Donald Trump so often talks about the Chinese as these sort of master manipulators of their currency in the world system, that this isn't all working out so well for China either. So China does a lot of um, subsidizing of exports, and that has increased some of China's advantages in certain forms of manufacturing. But China's own manufacturers have started abusing their export system. Not all of them, of course, but some of them. So now I'm going to be a tube sock manufacturer in China. And let's say the government, the Chinese government, will pay me to export tube socks to the United States because the Chinese government perceives that uh, having a a trade balance where China's exporting lots more than it's importing is good for the Chinese government. So I'm going to start exporting my tube socks and taking that subsidy from the government. But let's say that I've decided that I really have a better market in China for my tube socks than I do in the United States. So 
I'm going to go to a trader and I'm going to say, I want you to export all of these tube socks for me. I'm going to take this subsidy. And then I want you to just sort of change the description of these tube socks and re-import them. And I'll buy them back from you and then I'll sell them here. So now I get the subsidy, but I haven't contributed in any way to China's overall trade balance. So there are some abuses going on within China. And it's not like China is just eating the United States lunch, as Trump has described. That's also true about currency manipulation. You know, right now, the value of Chinese currency is really falling in the global markets. And if China, China's government were not interfering in that currency, I think it, the value of it would be dipping even lower. It wouldn't be um, increasing, as Donald Trump has suggested. So there are a lot of nuances here and a lot of just facts that are being glossed over on the trail. We can't get into all of them today, but I want to just, again, give you that foundation and give you some questions to ask and maybe some directions to go in with your own research if you're interested in looking into this more. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your Wild Grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful, Wi-Fi-connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day. Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pantsuit. So we'll spend a second on the major trade agreements of our era that seem to be influencing our politics right now. The major United States trade agreement that I think has really spurred the Sanders and Trump movements is NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement. That's an agreement that the United States entered into with Canada and Mexico, and it created a trade block here in North America. The trade agreement came into force in 1994, but it's taken a period of time to really feel its effect because it phased out tariffs, some over a 10-year period, and then some agricultural tariffs over a 15-year period. So NAFTA eliminated a lot of non-duty restrictions, so things other than taxes on goods, and it also phased out those taxes themselves. There are provisions in NAFTA designed to protect intellectual property on traded goods. There are also considerations for the environmental impact of this agreement. When NAFTA came into being, we just weren't sure what the impact on the environment would be of liberalizing trade among these countries. So the Clinton administration negotiated a side agreement that created the Commission for Environmental Cooperation to study that impact on an ongoing basis and hopefully minimize any negative environmental consequences. NAFTA also created a transportation corridor, so to develop the infrastructure necessary to facilitate this trade. And then there are several side agreements to NAFTA dealing with agriculture. Agriculture was really the most controversial part of NAFTA, and it remains the most controversial part. And so we do not have completely open trade on all agricultural goods. We have more open trade with Mexico than with Canada. But with Canada, there are still limitations on some agricultural products like sugar and I think some dairy products. So NAFTA does not mean that we are completely open on every issue, but it was a major step in that direction. So the reviews on NAFTA are, of course, mixed depending on your perspective, but it's important to know that 95% of economists believe that NAFTA has been positive for the United States. It has opened up channels for us to increase our exports to those countries. It also allows us to import some goods that our small businesses need at prices that they can afford to convert those inputs into finished products that they can then sell in the United States and that they can export. It's given us uh, markets to export more of our crops And it has resulted in some jobs being displaced. It's hard to know the number. So some people put the number around 680,000, some on the higher side of that. There are arguments about whether NAFTA itself has displaced these jobs or other factors have. And we'll, we'll talk more about that in just a second. So that's NAFTA. Now, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, or the TPP, that President Obama has negotiated and is urging Congress to approve now, would mostly supersede NAFTA. So 12 countries are involved in the TPP. This would really expand trade with Asian markets, particularly for agriculture. 
There is a lot of stuff going on in the TPP. It is 6,000 pages long. It, it, it contains a million words. There are provisions related to labor standards to try to prevent any jobs being lost to sweatshop environments. There are environmental standards. The TPP, I think, would really influence the Obama administration and the country's foreign policy. So the TPP is bigger than just, you know, here's a list of tariffs. It's There's a lot going on in there, and that's why it's so controversial. And that's part of why you saw a real resistance to fast-tracking approval of it. And even though I am generally, and I'm editorializing for a moment, forgive me, but even though I'm generally in favor of these trade agreements and opening trade across the globe, I do think it's a mistake to fast track something without knowing what it says, because there could be all kinds of, and I, I'm assuming that there are, all kinds of interests represented in the TPP that might not really be in the nature of free trade, right? They might create some winners and losers artificially in order to get all the parties to the table. So it's important to know what you're looking at before you sign off on it, which is kind of a segue. So I just want to give you some factors to keep in mind or questions to ask as you form your own opinion about the TPP and trade generally. Trade impacts us from every angle. So a lot of times when we're talking about trade, we're thinking only about jobs in the United States, and we're thinking only through the lens of, well, our jobs are being lost because of trade. Those jobs are going to Mexico. They're going to China. You have to also think about trade from the standpoint of a producer. So if you're a company that employs people, you rely often on imports of materials at lower prices than you could get them in the United States in order to create those jobs and push your product out and sell it at a reasonable price in the United States. So the iPhone is a great example of that. There's all kinds of discussion about the fact that iPhones are manufactured in China. Well, hundreds of dollars are realized in the United States from the sale of each iPhone, and only about $6 is realized in China from the manufacture of the iPhone. So lots more jobs exist in the United States at much higher wages than they might otherwise if we did not have this inexpensive way to start the process. You also have to think about it from the angle of a consumer. How much do I want to pay for this iPhone? And how much can I realistically afford to pay for it? And then that goes back to job creation as well, right? Because we need people buying these products in order for us to be able to afford to employ people at good wages to make them. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us they have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies. So we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit. 
for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code Pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. It, in, it affects us as investors, as entrepreneurs, and sometimes in counterintuitive ways. So you have to kind of think through the whole process and look at every angle of it before you just take a snap kind of position on what you think about trade. You also have to remember that trade is not a one-way street. So when you hear Donald Trump talking about a 45% tariff slapped on goods from other countries, understand that those countries will reciprocate. And we're exporting to those countries just as we import. You also have to really critically examine the jobs question. So some jobs, yes, have been lost from the United States because of free trade agreements. We have to ask ourselves how many of those jobs might have been displaced by technology anyway. The truth is, it just takes fewer people to make things today than it used to. And that would be true whether we had protectionist trade policy or not. So while certainly trade is a factor, it's not the only factor in why the landscape for American employees looks different today than it looked 20, 30, 50 years ago. You should also know that economists disagree about the impact of a trade deficit. So remember, the trade deficit exists in the United States because we import more than we export in terms of goods. We, we are buying in more stuff than we're selling out. Some people see that as a really significant problem. Warren Buffett has called it one of our most significant national threats. 
Other economists and and equally well-respected economists point out that the U.S. economy has grown the most during periods when our trade deficit has been increasing. The trade deficit refers to goods, but not to services, and we export a lot of services. We also have a capital surplus. So because foreign companies and individuals are selling more in the United States than we're selling outside the United States, those companies can invest more in U.S. assets than we invest in foreign countries' assets. So this sets up a situation where we're referred to as a debtor nation, but it's not because we're taking out loans. That's another issue entirely. In this context, it refers to the fact that we have a lot of foreign investment in U.S. assets. Now, some people are going to see that as a bad thing just through a nationalist lens, but other people are going to say, look, it means that we have the strongest financial market in the world. And that remains true even post-2008. So every dollar exported eventually is coming back to the United States in the form of investments in our assets. So it's not all negative, right? There is a nuance to the trade deficit as well. The final thing to remember is that trade is, although it centers on imports and exports, trade policy impacts immigration. It impacts the cultures of the the countries involved. It impacts our foreign policy. So you rarely see strict partisan alignment on trade issues because you have to test philosophy against facts and results and results that have nothing to do with our economies sometimes. There is a lot to account for in forming your position on trade. And we will talk more about the ideology that impacts trade on Tuesday. But as you're thinking through those questions for yourself, you know, I would just encourage you not to say, well, gosh, I'm a Democrat, so here's my position, or I'm a libertarian, so here's my position, or I'm a Republican. There is a lot of room to kind of move agreement by agreement or philosophy by philosophy when it comes to trade because so much is involved. So thank you for hanging with me through what I know is a little bit of a dry discussion, but I hope that it was somewhat helpful, and I will look forward to talking with you more about trade on Tuesday. Until then, keep it nuanced, y'all. 